Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to My Team, My Voice with MTMV Sports. Hey guys, welcome back to Sports Talk with C. Your girl is back with another episode. And on this episode, I got to chop it up with Isis Young. Thanks, girl, for saying yes to coming on Sports Talk with C. Because the one yes gives me the strength to keep going with this podcast. Isis, just a girl from Jersey who calls this basketball journey life. She just finished her rookie season overseas, a basketball analyst for the WNBA team, Connecticut Sun, and much more. Introducing Isis Young. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMB Sports. Good afternoon, Isis. Thank you for coming on Sports Talk with C. Hey, girl. Thanks for having me. Of course. So tell us who you are and where you're from. Okay. Um, I am Isis Young. I go by Ice. Um, I'm from Berlin, New Jersey, a small city, like 30 minutes from Philly um, in Jersey. So a proud Jersey girl. Um, Grew up playing basketball and soccer most of my life until I chose basketball. Um, Played that collegiately for seven years. That is a very long story that I'm sure we'll get into. Um, and then I just finished my rookie season overseas. I played mainly in Greece. Um, and then I worked for the Connecticut sun as their analyst. Um, yes. so I play basketball and then I call it, um, all things basketball in this life right now. <laughs> I love it. So when you hear the word basketball, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, probably life. It's literally, you know, everything that I have. Um, I mean, you know, relationships, friendships, um, money, like my income, that is how I make it is through basketball. Um, but I think it's all like a love, right? Like it's just a love for the game. Um, if I didn't love it so much, I would not do this all year round. I wouldn't play for eight months in a different country across the, over the seas, um, and then I wouldn't come back and then call 27, 28 games for doing the A team if I didn't like basketball. So, um, yeah, I just, I love it. Uh, and so thankful that it's brought me so many different opportunities and relationships and friendships. So, um, I'm, I'm getting as much out of the game as I possibly can right now, uh, which I think is the goal. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> when you were a kid growing up playing basketball, who would you say was your favorite player or someone that you would say is your role model and help you be the player you are? Oh, for sure. Cappy Pondexter and Allen Iverson. Uh, I'm just huge fans of both of them. Um, you know, Cappy played at Rutgers, so that's, you know, New Jersey's um, college, if you say. So, um, huge fan of Cappy and just watching her in the WNBA was sad when she retired. I thought it was like a fake day. I'm like, no, not Cappy. You know, like, I was like <laughs> no, you have to play forever. Um, and so I was a huge fan of Cappy Pondexter. And then, um, Allen Iverson, I mean, you know, again, from South Jersey, so Philly is close. Um, so you hear about AI all the time. He had all the swag, all the looks, all the moves. Um, and so I, I was just a, a fan of those two. Both guards, both huge personalities, both killer crossovers. Um, so I, I like them two a lot. Okay, so you talked about you played soccer and basketball. What made you choose basketball over soccer? And how has soccer helped your game in basketball? Yeah, great question. Um, So I stopped playing soccer my junior year of high school. Um, My high school, we had won some, you know, a couple state championships. So we were pretty competitive. Um, I had started um, getting like more and more D1 offers by that time I had maybe like eight or nine. And so 
I was like, okay, um, this is clearly what I'm going to. And I had college level interest in soccer. I just didn't love soccer. I, oh. I think I played. I think I played because I was good. You know, right, right, right. <laughs> Otherwise, like I really didn't enjoy the running straight for you know 90 minutes, and you could run for 10, not even touch the ball. You know, um, it just I just played because I was good because it was in my family. Uh, and it was kind of a family thing that we all did. So mm -hmm. I have two younger siblings who both play soccer. One plays professionally in, in Germany. Oh, nice. Up Isaiah. Um, and then my little sister plays um, college soccer. Excuse me. So sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and then so my little sister plays college soccer. Uh, and so um, it kind of ran in the family. And I, at one point, I just was like, no, I just love basketball. I could play basketball every day for the rest of my life, whether it's pickup or organized or workouts. Uh, and never truly be bored, you know, right. uh, maybe tired, but never truly be bored. But soccer, I was getting bored of the sport. And so it was time to go. <laughs> <laughs> I understand about being bored. Definitely have to go to a place where you love. Yes, 100%. So how would you describe your work, your game in one word? My game in one word. Uh, I think, uh, I think the first word I thought of was like electric. Ooh, um, I get yeah. different answers every time. I yeah, it. I think electric. Um, like I love scoring in transition. I love playing fast speed. Uh, I would rather not play in the half court. Um, I enjoy like um, shooting the big shots, taking the big shots, making those. Um, uh, I'm a really good three-point shooter. Um, and so a lot of the time, right, that gets the crowd rocking when you get a couple <laughs> back to back. Um, so yeah, I just play very fired up. Like I play with a lot of energy, a lot of passion. Um, so yeah, I think it's just like electric, like you, you're going to know like that's out there. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So can you explain, you had eight or nine D1 offers. How mm -hmm. do you choose the best school for you? And then when it's not the best school, how do you, what is the hardest part about leaving? Yeah. I, I think the hardest part is understand that you pick the wrong school first. Um, you know, I, I will say that I think, you know, I went to so I played college basketball for seven years at four different schools. Um, I started at the University of Florida. And so when I went there, I had torn my ACL. So I sat the first year and I played the second year. Um, and then after that, I went something different. So I transferred to Syracuse, which is one of the best decisions of my life thus far. A lot of who I am and what I do came from Syracuse. Um, afterwards, I went to Fordham University, which I was only there for a year, but I had also torn my ACL again. So I didn't even play there. I just kind of sat. Um, and then they didn't have any more scholarship left after that year. Cause I didn't expect on a grad transfer, having to be there for multiple years. Um, so I went to Siena college where I finished my college career. Um, but all three of those choices, like Syracuse, Fordham and Siena were very good choices. They all have been fruitful. Good things have come from those choices. Um, those schools, um, and different opportunities. Um, I, I would just say, you know, like I think back then, you know, it was a group decision, right? Me and my parents made a group decision where I was going and, we were worried about so many things like, hey, you know, what type of conference do you want to play in? Okay, I want to go power five. That's where most of my offers were from anywhere. So I knew I could play on that level. Um, the second thing was like, you know, what is the conference known for? Is it known for bigs or known for guards? Do you feel like this, this conference fits your game? Um, you know, obviously the coach is important. Do you have a good relationship with the coach? Do you feel like you can build a good relationship with the coach in the future? Um, what do they see for your future? Um, and, you know, recruiting, it's like selling a car, right? Like you're going to sell the best dream <laughs> that you can to an 17, 18 year old girl and her parents to get them to come to your university. Right. Um, and, you know, sometimes those um, promises are kept and then sometimes they aren't. Uh, it's just really just that simple. Um, but I, I think what I learned was just to go where you're loved. Uh, I, I think I followed that kind of mantra with me um, for the next couple of decisions that I made in life in just terms of 
go where people actually want you, um, where they have wanted you for a while, where they have established relationships with you, where mm-hmm. you know that just even if you do not choose to go with them, that they're going to support you and love you regardless. Um, and those type of relationships exist within recruiting, you know, like college recruiting, it starts when you're, you know, eighth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade is where it started. And so I knew coaches that I was building three, four year relationships with. Uh, and to tell them that I wasn't going to their school, I was heartbreaking. Like I had, I remember two specific calls with two coaches where I cried. I was like, I'm so sorry because I was looking so, I was, I was so looking forward to, you know, building our relationship. And I just felt like not them, but whatever else about the school just, you know, wasn't fitting me at that time. Um, but yeah, so, uh, it's a, it was definitely a tough decision. Um, you know, if I would have went back and did all over again, I love my story. I love the story that I have. It's one of resilience. I would never take it back. Um, but if I could change just the beginning of that, I would have went to a different college um, to start with. But um, you live and you learn. Um, and yes. it worked out well. So yeah. Of life. Yeah, absolutely. But go where you're loved is definitely my advice um, in terms of recruiting or jobs or relationships. Like you just, you got to go where people really truly love and value mm-hmm. you. And you know that that's going to exist whether or not you're there with them or you're afar. Um, so yeah. So you tore your ACL twice. I see a lot of kids that now, like I, I do a lot of interviews with college kids and injuries make or break them. What are some ways that you got through your injuries and kept you going to want to play basketball? Yeah, that's tough. Cause I would say the first one, you know, I was young, I'm, I'm 17 years old. I've never been seriously injured. I, I had fractured my ankle when I was seven. And so I was out for like maybe five, six weeks. And that felt like a lifetime, but I'm seven, you know, like you get over it, <laughs> right. looking, um, hopping around on one leg kind of thing. You think um, it's cool when you're seven though? Yeah, true. You have a cast and you get people to sign it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm hurt, but I'm tough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I'd say the first ACL that happened, you know, I was young. I remember I, I like busted out in tears when my dad told me. Um, and my dad was kind of approaching it from the side of like, at least we know what it is. We know what it is and it's happening and we can attack it. And you're, you're young, like you're going to be resilient. You're going to be able to bounce back. Um, I didn't see it at that point. You know, I just knew mm-hmm. like I've never been hurt. And why all of a sudden now I'm getting ready to go to college and I hurt. Um, so I would say, you know, during that process, it was just, uh, it was a self battle for me. I think I kept a lot of things internal. Um, you know, I, I really didn't understand then like how to ask for help or how to admit that like not every day is a good day. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like some days, uh, again, like I'm, I'm upbeat and I have high energy. And so I get up every day and I'm happy to be here. Um, but when you're constantly rehabbing a knee injury that you've never went through before, when you're learning how to walk again and how to run again, I think that was the most devastating thing to me was understanding, like, at one point I was running wrong, you know, and oh, wow. to fix my run. And it's like, this is my run, you know, like <laughs> I'm running. What do you mean? This is my God given run. But it's like, no, we have to change it because, you know, it's, it's not conducive to what we want to do. And so I think that was extremely uh, just tough. So I think the first go around was very internal. Um, you know, I just, I kind of didn't ask for help. I just trudged through it. And I think the second time around, um, I just kind of embraced it. I was like, listen, you know what? Like I'm 24, was I 24, 25 years old? I've torn my, you know, this is my second ACL tear. Um, I've had a good basketball career thus far. And so I approached it like, if I never play again, I'm fine. Um, but if I do play again, then we need to attack this rehab. Like I want to play again, you know? Um, and, and I wasn't, you know, those days, I admit I had bad days. I, I loved my physical therapist, Joe, um, because he he came to me one day and he was like, hey, like, I just feel like, this is very honest. He's like, I just feel like, you know, you don't really like me. Like, you don't like me. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, like, you don't like me. You don't like being here. And I said, Joe, it's not you. 
I said, I just don't like being here. Like, who, <laughs> who likes to rehab a surgery? Who likes to rehab their I'm knee? PT like, oh, now and yeah, I, I yeah. I, I don't like seeing you every day and forcing my knee in a different direction other than what it naturally goes. Like this is not fun, um, <laughs> and this is my second time doing it. You know, and I had just transferred to a school where basketball-wise, I had a really good opportunity. So um, I had to come to him and tell him, and that was that was an honest. I'm so glad he told me because it it let me know like okay, it's cool to have bad days, but if you let other people know you're having a bad day, they will pick you up. You know, rather than see you as like the girl who never wants to be in rehab, it's like, no, 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 you just don't know what I've been through already. So you don't understand how I'm coming in here now. Right. Um, but yeah, so that was a very honest conversation that we had. And after that point forward, we built a, a awesome relationship. Um, I have gone and visited him and thanked him um, a few times. Um, but, you know, since then, it's just was understanding like rehab every day isn't going to be a good day. You're not going to get 1% better every day in rehab. Some days you just can't do anything and you have to rest. Uh, and so understanding that and pushing through that teaches you a bit about yourself and about your character. Um, but again, you know, made it, got through it. Hope I never have to do it again. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a process for sure. Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your decision? Well, what went into your decision to play overseas and what was the toughest part when you first got there compared yeah. to being just there? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell you that, you know, when I was rehabbing my knee and I was coming back, that was my goal. My, my goal was to play overseas. Um, when I had went to Siena, I told the coach as much as I want to win and have a good career and break records and this and that I'm here for a year and I want to build a resume to where I can get overseas. And I want to win games for our team. That were my, that were my two goals, very much clear and concise. Um, and so once I, <clears throat> I said, so once I found out that, um, I was okay enough to rehab and come back that drove me to do all the extra workouts to get everything done to have a really good season because I wanted to get overseas. Um, I first went overseas to Germany. Um, so I was near my brother, which was really important to me. We were a few hours away from each other. Oh, nice. Um, and I, I think the adjustment was just, um, I would say, you know, the biggest adjustment on the court is, I think is always going to be for anyone like changing levels. It's always going to be pace and physicality, right? Like mm -hmm. people get stronger as you get to the next level, people get faster and the game gets faster. Yes. So it's understanding, um, not necessarily to play your game faster, but to slow yourself down, right. To not feel rushed. Right. Um, so I think the pace is always something that you have to adjust to in terms, and, and then in physicality, um, which honestly, like when I went over there, I was pretty much where I should have been. So that was good. Um, and then, you know, lifestyle wise, it's just the culture, uh, you know, it's the culture uh, of being in a different country, you know, eating different foods, um, not always hearing English being spoken, which can kind of get on your nerves a little bit when you're constantly hearing another language you don't understand. Um, but, you know, really challenging myself to explore, like explore, meet new people, have conversations, um, try to make connections and relationships out there. Um, it's a beautiful thing, like the other side of the world. Um, you know, obviously America is great in some ways and not great in others. And the same applies for everywhere else. But I really challenge people, you got to go out and see like different parts of the world. It just will blow you away at the things that God has created, the things that people have created, um, the different relationships that you can have with someone that lives 800,000 miles away from you. Um, and so that's been really cool for me is just to kind of create some of those relationships, meet different people um, and take those lessons and those culture moments with you, right? Yeah, that's always the, the best part, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I 
on the men's in Jamaica. So that's as much far as I went out the country. <laughs> but um, some people I met over there was, was great. So I was yeah. reading the article about you and it said you got the job when you were overseas. <laughs> Can you just speak to how that made you feel? Yeah. And what do you look to do in the future? Do you want to stay in this position or venture out and do something else? Oh man. Um, yeah. You know, the, the job came to me out of nowhere. I had decided that I was going to go overseas and I wanted to play for several years. And so my only thought about broadcasting was just, you know, like, will I become irrelevant uh, if if no one sees me on TV for the next few years. Um, and so for real, that's what I thought, because I was like, I'm going to be overseas playing for, you know, seven or eight months. I'm going to come back home in the summer besides the W and like TBT tournaments, like there's not much going on in the summer basketball wise. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, and not that I can't broadcast other sports, but then I would have had to branch out and go and find those opportunities. So um, it was, I was ecstatic when I got the job. Um, I did only one interview for it and then got the call back. It was like, Hey, do you want it? And I was like blown away. I'm like, no, you're not. Serious. Like there has to be more. That you that like- <laughs> yeah. There has to be more that you need it's to know. Um, but yeah, but one of my friends, you know, she reminded me before my interview, she was just like, man, like go in there with confidence. Like they're calling you for a reason. Right. Um, Sometimes we do that to ourselves. We like psych ourselves out a little bit. Right. Thinking that like, oh, okay. Like I remember I said to her, I said, ah, if I get it great. And if I don't fine, she's like, no, 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 you're going to get it. And you're going to walk in there confident. Like you're going to get it. And I was like, okay, I got, sorry. I had a moment, but I got you. I'm back on track. Um, so I have a two-year contract with the Sun. Um, we're halfway through the season now, getting ready to go to All-Star break. Uh, it has been amazing. Uh, just traveling with the team, getting to know the coaches and the players and the organization, understanding what this league is really about, um, how to tell um, the player stories in the best way possible um, in, a, in a way that tells the truth, that you know uh, resembles what they want other people to know about them. Um, and then calling a break, great brands of basketball really is awesome for me so young in my career. And I also will say, I think, I think it helps me become a better player. Like there are so many times where I look at two man games or three man actions or defensive actions. I'm like, okay, I see why they're doing that and picking that apart. How can I add that to my game? Um, And so I think from that standpoint, it's really helped with my IQ as a player. Um, But I love it. I I think it'd be great if I could continue to play overseas for the next five to seven years. Um, God willing that I stay healthy and I still love the lifestyle Um, and then continue to broadcast. And I I really like the sun. I like their organization. I I like who I work with. Um, And so right now I'm just kind of ready to finish the season and then go back overseas and then come back here for round two. Um, And if there's anything I've learned about this lifestyle, it goes so fast. It goes. (laughs) I can't believe it's already July. It goes so fast. Um, So I bet we'll be on other podcasts in the next year. I'll be like, yep. So we're back. What to do now? Um, Yeah, it's been amazing, but it's been it's been um, really awesome. I'm just I'm just thankful that God has blessed me with it, really. Uh, But yeah, I'm I'm in a great spot right now. I really can't complain about much. I love it. So (laughs) you had one child, person, whomever, come up to you and say, "Isis." what would some advice you would give me to follow my dreams? What would you say? Yeah. The first one is follow your dreams. Um, like actually do that, acknowledge what your dreams are and follow them. Um, I would say the second thing is to find a mentor. Um, you know, mentors have helped me tremendously, uh, in life, in broadcasting, in basketball. I have a mentor for about every, I swear, category of life at this point. Um, 
Yes. Uh, I, I just, you know, and, and mentors, you know, we think of like, okay, I have a mentor and we think of like a 70 year old woman who has done it all and has grandkids and he's like, telling, oh baby, like, don't do it. No. Mentors can also be people that are a couple years older than you that maybe are just at the next stage. Um, you know, uh, my, one of my best and closest mentors, LaChina Robinson, right. And LaChina has amazing. Been in business. Oh, she's the best. She's amazing. Like just um, watching her, she gives us little people so much hope. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I apply for Horizon Star Media. I'm gonna keep applying. Yes, but... as you should. Yes, um, <laughs> yes, she's amazing. So yeah. shout out to your mentor. That was, yeah. That's dope. She's amazing. Um, and she's an even better person than broadcaster. And and that's why I made her a mentor. And I make sure to nurture and continue our relationship because uh, it's it's more about than just the on camera stuff. You know, it's just understanding mm-hmm. that there's a black woman in the world that cares for me that does not have to. Um. And that's actively helping me get to where I want to get to. So um, she has been one of the champions for me who have just been a great role model. Like you said, got to get a mentor, got to identify what your dreams are and chase them. Uh, And then I think the, you know, the last thing is just, um, I, I say this all the time and it reminds me of just when I'm getting overwhelmed, but, you know, don't complain when there's a lot on your plate, when the goal is to eat. Um, Sometimes we get, you know, those of us, right, who have a lot of desires and want to get things done and we chase so many things and we put a lot on our plate, right? We put like, hey, building basketball overseas, calling games for Connecticut Sun, doing podcasts, being guests on podcasts, doing speaking engagements at graduations, having a family relationship. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Twitter spaces, all these things. We put all these things on our plate. And then sometimes I call a friend and I'm overwhelmed and I'm tired. I'm like, no, mm mm don't complain because the goal is to eat. The goal is to do all of these things to the best of my ability um, and to love those things, to celebrate those when I get the opportunities to do them. Uh, So I just remind people a lot, you know, when you're putting so much on your plate and you're gathering all these different opportunities and you don't want to say no, just don't complain, man. Just embrace that. There's a lot on your plate. There is somebody else somewhere who wished they were doing exactly what I was doing all day long. Uh, And so for that reason, I have to celebrate in that. I have to love what I do um, and eliminate complaining. I think it's just so much time you can spend complaining about things rather than being grateful and celebrating, you know, what is, where are you, what you're doing um, and being present in that moment, you know? So yeah, that would be my advice. Thank you, Isis, for coming on Sports Talk with C, sharing your journey and giving amazing advice. And I appreciate you for Thank saying you. yes. I have a question for you though, before we end. Yes. Um, what is next for you? What do you see this podcast turning into and how do you see yourself coming into fulfillment in this industry? Well, I can tell you that to be in media, this is my first year being so the big East was my first time ever. I was so scared and <laughs> I was so happy at the same time. I felt like when I walked in the, when I walked in the room, the fear went away. Hmm. Then, then when it was time to do like, you know, Post game, I was like, here, the fear comes again. But when you hear, or if I hear, you know, Terrico, or if I'm in pregame and I hear you asking questions, or if I ask a question and I see someone taking notes, that just shows me that you're doing something right. And people coming on my podcast saying, yeah, um, I did Tony yesterday from Seton Hall. And yeah. yeah my guy. <laughs> I love him. I, love I met him at Tony. the Big East tournament. So, yes, love um, this, Tony just hearing people that actually played the sport I never played so all this is coming from just being a fan and knowing that it's my happy place and I want people to tell their story and it'd be okay no matter how you tell it but don't know be you and that's the 
first thing Tony told me. And ever since that day, I, he met me at the big, he sat next to me. I had long, like six inch nails on. And he's like, I love your nails. Don't ever change who you are. And I was like, yeah, get the W. And I didn't say when, and I wasn't proper. He's right. Like, Don't change who you are, be you. So I would say for the next year, I just want to gain more knowledge, figure, mm-hmm. find a mentor and just work on like transitioning, making my podcast what I know it's going to be. So. Yeah. Good. Well, I love that you spoke that into existence. So yes. um, thank you for having me on. It's been great. Not that Thanks for asking me, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'll see you Sunday. <laughs> All righty. Have a good night. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Guys, and before I head out today, we have to talk about the great moment in the WNBA All-Star Weekend. Shout out to Sue and Sylvia on their last appearances. Thank you for showing us what a champion is. Thank you for setting the standard high. And thank you for continuously to push women's basketball. Me and my mom was watching the game in the living room and all she's like, I need a dunk. I need to see Sylvia dunk. I'm like, Ma, it's her last appearance. I'm pretty sure she's going to give us something special. Then we get the dunk. We went crazy. She had the biggest smile after. The bench went crazy. The fans went crazy. The commentators went crazy. That was absolutely amazing to see. Fellas, Get with it because a lot of you say there's no, they're not balling, they're not dunking. And today, boy, did they ball. Shout out, you know, the squad, Connecticut's son, JJ, my girl came in fiery. Like she told Holly, she was trying to win that MVP. And boy, was she right there. That battle in the first quarter between her and Kelsey, loved every moment of it. But Kelsey came home with the MVP, scoring her a 30 piece. I think she ties the WNBA record. Shout out to Quigley though. Four time three point shooting champ. I know that's right because I was at the last two racks. Man, it it was so smooth. It, her her frame her it never changes it's so elegant looking at her shoot that three ball and guys she's the only one and she's a woman you know what they say we are phenomenal we definitely are Candace Parker you had me dying the entire weekend from being mic'd up talking to the commentators talking to the sideline reporters about Quigley You definitely held your city down. You definitely held your team down because you definitely kept everyone laughing. And guys, we are BG. Bring BG home. Prayers are constantly with her, with her family, with her friends, with her teammates, the league, and everyone who is a fan is behind you. Let's just take a moment of silence for BG. And if you want to see today's episode on YouTube, guys, please go like, subscribe, and share. Sports Talk with C on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and LinkedIn Tree. So give your girl a message, a DM, a tweet, whatever. Keep up with your girl. C's out.